HHHFM. Speedway W2860M. Available on HD. Cool. Drop in. It's the moment y'all been waiting for. Broadcasting from the Isaacs and Isaacs. We win.com. Injury Lawyer Studio. It's the show where Indy comes to top. Open lines with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. Oh. There's nothing like a good throwback. Here's one on us. On the new Hot 100.9. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Rodel, coming to you live from the hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC studios on this Sunday, November 13th, 2022. It is the Sunday after Election Day, and the election is over, but not completely over. This morning, uh, we now know that the Democrats will be holding on to power in the United States Senate. We also have all of the races here in Indiana. Those votes are in. We are really just waiting on just a handful of races to come to a close throughout the country. But it took three, four, five days after Election Day to finally determine uh, who's going to hold the balance of power. That is still up for question this morning in the United States House of Representatives. All of this means that every single vote counts. This is why I can't take it when people say, don't vote. Your vote doesn't matter. Some of these races, you guys, have come down to 7,000 split difference. In a couple of these House races, it is a couple of hundred people who are making the difference um, in who is going to Washington or who's going to be the governor or the prosecutor. It is down to literal handfuls of people and every single vote has to be counted because they're tied. So don't let anybody tell you that your vote don't count because it does. That's exactly what they want. If you don't vote, uh, that just makes things so much easier. Uh, Joining us on the show this morning will be our Community Affairs Director and host of Community Connection on our sister station, WTLC AM 1310, 92.7 and 95.1. It is the fantastic Miss Tina Cosby's on our live line this morning. Tina, good morning. Well, good morning. I'm happy to be joining the fantastic Cameron Riddle. How are you today? I am good. I I am enjoying the snow. They said we might get get a little snow, but there's like two and a half inches of snow outside, and I'm loving it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was listening to some weather reports this morning, and I guess in parts west over in Terre Haute and places like that, it was three inches or more. So it was amazing. You know, yesterday I... I, uh, helped uh, MC a uh, for the uh, Marion County Minority Health Coalition Diabetes Too Sweet for Your Own Good conference which is really good it's an annual thing I do every- and that that just kind of with the snow it kind of got blown up mm-hmm. because we had to change everything around then it was supposed to be a luncheon they ended up ordering box lunches um, they you know we just had to kind of make sure that we got a lot of folks out of there because a lot of people not all, but a lot were, you know, older, and we wanted to make sure they got home, you know, safely to their cars uh-huh. without because none of the tre- streets, sidewalks, or anything were treated. Nope. So uh, that was quite an abbreviated event, but it went well uh, anyway, and it's always good information. But yeah, this snow was. But you know what got me though, Cameron, the turnaround, the temperature turnaround. Uh huh. Yeah, because that Friday morning I didn't have a coat on, and then by Friday afternoon I was like, "Woo, hold up, gotta go back inside and get my coat." <laughs> Yeah, as your intro music says, hold up. Yes, exactly. It's what happened as soon as I hit the door. Um, But the snow is beautiful. But, yeah, I do feel for a lot of people there were a lot of accidents out on the roads yesterday. uh, Because it's – it. I don't – yeah, I, I watch the news every day, but I I only heard them, like, Friday say, hey, there's going to be a, a chance of snow. But it wasn't like, hey, there's there's snow coming. So I feel like that one kind of snuck up on everybody. I think it did, and, and Dr. Kane was, was trying to make her way, Virginia Kane, Director of Mary County Public Health Department, was trying to make her way to the conference as well and was uh, really delayed, I, and, and she said that there were just like dozens upon dozens of accidents on the interstate. Mm-hmm. Again, nothing, yeah, nothing was treated um, because we, my understanding, the last thing I heard was possible dusting of snow, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that, I walked outside, I said, hey, this ain't no dusting, man, this is a nice little blanket here. But there I love it because it looks pretty. And I, I haven't even raked up the leaves yet. Oh, well, you know, too late now. 
late. Yeah, it's too late. Uh, you know what, Tina? Um, I'm also in a good mood uh, this morning um, because I like elections, um, mm-hmm. but I also like being right, and I don't. I won't admit that a lot, um, but I do like being right because Tina, we spent a good amount of time seven days ago on this very same radio station, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily predicting who would win, but we said that the polls were going to be wrong. Um, as far as what people felt was important uh, and what was going to influence their vote, um, this election is no doubt historic. It does not matter who the president is, but when the president is in office, the first midterm after they are elected, um, they lose a lot Mm -hmm. of power in the Senate and in the House. I'm talking about whether this is Barack Obama. I'm talking about rather this is Donald Trump. Um, I'm talking about whether this is Bill Clinton, George uh, W. Bush in the second term, George H., Jimmy Carter, you name it, whoever, uh, Reagan, doesn't matter. It only happened like twice in previous history that um, the president held on to control. One of those times I know was in 2002, right after 9-11. Of course, you can imagine everyone's like, all right, let's let's keep everything together here. Because we got some, we got a situation that we're trying to deal with uh, after the 9-11 attacks. And then mm-hmm. the other one was, mm, I want to say about fifth. I can't remember the other, the other one was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that um, the talk was this is going to be a huge red wave just because uh, of precedent. You know, when, um, when, when Trump was in office, it was, hey, this is going to be a huge blue wave. And it was. Um, when Barack Obama was in office, it said, oh, it's going to be a huge red wave. And it was, and Barack Obama came out and the term he used was we took a shellacking. Uh, George W. Bush used the term when, when a blue wave hit him. So we used, we got a thumping. Um, there was no red wave. In fact, Democrats have gained a seat in the Senate. Um, and so, uh, there, we are still, uh, we will wait to see if they will gain an additional seat. Um, with the runoff in Georgia between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. And then this morning, the House of Representatives is still up for uh, debate. Uh, it's essentially tied right now, plus or minus four uh, races, and there's still 11 races that need to be called. So we still don't know who's going to be in charge of uh, the House of Representatives. The moral of the story is Democrats gain more seats, and in the uh, House, there's still a chance that they could hold on to power where this time last week, all the talk was, oh, it's going to be a, a bloodbath. It's going to be a red wave. Nothing of the sort happened. And I say all this to say that, Tina, our discussion was about the polls. Um, you know, the polls were saying inflation is the is the big issue, and that's what people are going to go to the polls and vote for. And, Tina, you and I literally, we talk to people every day, and they tell uh-huh. us what they think on our shows where people literally give their opinion. Um and we said, no, that's not what our callers are saying. That's not what people say when we talk to them on the street. The polls were wrong, Tina. The polls were definitely wrong. And um, I, I had a political scientist on um, the day after the election from uh, IUPUI, and he was telling me about the methodology and uh, how uh, precedent, you know, pretty much weighs heavily uh, into whatever. But here's the problem. And I asked him, I said, is because of the narrow focus of what this information was collected on, you know, how could you come up with something accurate? How can you follow precedent when you have unprecedented times? I mean, when has there ever been a president, former president like Donald Trump, who still had a hold on the opposing, you know, on the GOP, one of the major parties, who was still behind the scenes like a puppet master? When have you ever had a record registration of voters when have you ever had record registration of, of women uh going to you know planning to, to go to the poll how come all of that was ignored none of that figured into the formula by which they 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 came up with these predictions mm-hmm. and so i think you and i we mentioned all those things during our conversation and because we mentioned them and felt like those weren't being brought into the into the uh, equation we couldn't buy it. And you know what, Cameron? We were right, okay? I mean, it, it, it's not necessarily, I mean, I, 
I don't take a whole whole lot of yeah. but it's nice to 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 think that when you're thinking something and it's not adding up, and then you see well you know what you were thinking and you had that that feeling. But I, I trust my people. You trust your people. Mm-hmm. We trust who we talk to each and every day. And I simply could not. I said, now if it happens, show me. But right now, I cannot. I cannot buy it. I cannot buy into the narrative. And the narrative proved to be not only false but dead wrong. Well, it was uh, unbelievable. And, and that you said it right. It was. <laughs> it was not that just we're just sitting here guessing. It's uh-uh. that we literally talk to people every day for our job for our show. Mm-hmm. Um, and what these polls are saying is not what people, when they call our, our station and they want to talk what's on their mind, that's not what they're talking about. Um, no. Nor is that what people were in the streets marching about um, and protesting about. And so um, to see um, the polls be so wrong, I, I've seen a lot of people say, one, we got to stop listening to the polls. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or who are these pollsters talking to? Who are they asking Um you know, it, somebody said that, you know, they they go to the typical diner in Ohio to talk to uh, the a, a old middle aged uh, white couple um, who may have who does have a point of view. But that's all. You know, they're talking to this same set of people that they've always kind of talked to. And, and folks have, are so different. Um, you've got a mass number of young people and millennials that voted. This was the highest voter turnout uh, for a midterm election for uh, the millennial generation. Um, for In fact, you've even got the first millennial um, elected representative in Congress now. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The young man, Maxwell. Maxwell Frost is his name. I believe yeah. so. And, yeah. on, and on top of that, and, and, and you, we talked about this when I was sitting with you on your show. Um, you know, down in Georgia is going to be the example. Um, there was talk of, you know, Stacey Abrams isn't getting uh, the black vote. Black men aren't voting for Stacey Abrams. Um, you know, black men are turning heavily Republican. Hispanics mm-hmm. are turning heavily Republican. Now, Stacey Abrams did not win her race, but the machine that has got Georgia uh, even a little bit blue or turning blue, um, even to where it is now is the work of Stacey Abrams and the polls, the, the exit polls show that 98% of black women who are registered to vote in Georgia voted for Stacey Abrams. 90, it was either 93 or 95% of black men in Georgia voted for Stacey Abrams. So, uh, the people who were saying, uh, I saw some tweets at, right before those exit polls came out. Folks were saying, I see what happens, black folks, when you don't go vote. Uh, you know, this lady did everything she could. She met you where you were mm-hmm. at, and you still didn't vote for her. And then the exit polls came out, and it was like, oops. Um, actually, every just about every black person in Georgia that could vote voted for Stacey Abrams. It was uh, the polls show white people, particularly white women, did not vote. They voted in, I mean, we're talking 10% mm-hmm. voted for Stacey Abrams. And so mm-hmm. that's why uh, she didn't win. It wasn't because of black people. It wasn't because she's losing the black vote or that black men aren't connecting or that black men are mm-hmm. running to the Republican Party. That was all stuff that was being said before, and it was wrong, it was wrong, it was wrong. Yeah. And, you know, Cameron, in addition to <clears throat> them talking to the wrong people, I, you know, I, I strongly believe that the, the, the methodology, the criteria they use to draw their determinations is flawed because it ignores so many other things. I mean, th- this is historically flawed. Um, and when you cannot, when you do not factor in the, uh, the MAGA effect and all of the unprecedented uh, things that have, can you just, you just block those out like those don't matter, like mm-hmm. they don't have an impact? On anything that's that's just crazy to me. So I agree with you. Um, they they you know is the other thing that that's heavily against Stacey Abrams is Kemp is in control, controls all the power handle, and and probably uh, figures out how to get himself over the top. Whether it's you know I don't want to say legal or illegal, but knows how to exert influence in ways that Stacey simply doesn't have the handle, the, the levers of power to. Mm-hmm. And that is unfortunate as well. But I tell you what, like you say, she's moving the needle. She is moving it. Uh, she uh, Sooner or later, this lady's going to come over the top in a big way, and ain't nobody going to see it coming down mm-hmm. there. So 
I say good for her. I say that she showed up. I said she did. You're right. She did her part. She did her thing. Um, uh, the Kemp machine is a powerful machine. Um, it's it's a uh, they don't always play fair. Um, and so, you know, she, she's got a lot to overcome. So, you know, we're, I, I give it to her. I give it to her. 317-239, uh, almost gave out the O number, 239-100.9, 317-239-1009. That is the number to call to get on the show this morning because we want to hear from you and let uh, see if you were surprised by anything in the selection or how you voted. Uh, Tina, on the local level, um, oh. <laughs> no, no surprises uh, across the board, Republican or Democrat, even uh, old Diego Morales, who uh, people were saying, don't vote for this guy for because he's been fired from the office that he's trying to run twice um, that he has. Uh, women came out and said, hey, this guy uh, did made some sexual misconduct moves against mm-hmm. me. Um, mm-hmm. Please vote for the other person. I'm a lifelong Republican, but please vote for the Democrat. Don't put this guy in office. Uh, yeah, he still won. Well, and that tells us here in the state of Indiana that, I mean, I, the way I look at it is that in terms of, I, I guess, integrity is not what's most important. It's party. Mm-hmm. Um, party is more important over integrity and party wins. And, and not to mention that it's just the, the, the maps, of course, we can talk about all of that. But uh, the, the fact people can split their, people could have, made a different a choice other than such a flawed candidate and Hoosiers elected not to. And so that means Indiana has, you know, quite a ways um, to go because the GOP is just having a heyday in the state of Indiana. I mean, they're running. They're running things. They're running roughshod over everybody. Well, and I believe, um, you know, obviously the polls <clears throat> did not, the, the, the voting did not show um, that Democrats mm-hmm. are as fractured as um, or, or, or not working together as good as Republicans, but uh, Republicans are still far better at sticking together and voting for a party um, than, than Democrats are because Democrats, and, and we've seen it all time and time again, oh, I'll think about voting for that person, but, you know, there are a lot of Democrats in this town who gave um, Governor Holcomb a chance because, you know, he wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, they did, and now look at what. <laughs> but, but when the shoe was on the other foot, every time, Governor Holcomb is going to vote for his people every yes, time. Yes, he is. Every yeah, time. It's, it's, it's like a family. You can talk about him if you want to, but when push comes to shove, no, they're, they're going to stick together. And, and Holcomb certainly is uh, is indicative of that. And so, yeah, it's wow. Uh, the, the super majority that's had, had the reins on the, the legislature for the last, what, 10, 11 years, it, and now with these newly drawn maps, because they, they've had an entire decade now, so we're going to go another. It's going to be a while before we start to see things turn around in India. It's, it's going to take a lot, a lot for these elections, because just simply the way the maps are drawn now, I mean, there's so I don't know if there's any lawsuits or anything against them. But, Cameron, when you look at those maps, it's not a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of leeway. I mean, it's going to take almost a revolution to get some of these things turned around. Not all. Not all. Well, some. that and maybe some changes from the Indiana uh, Democrat Party. Because I don't know much about the Democrat Party, um, so I, 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 I can't criticize them. But um, there are already um, candidates for lining up to be the Democratic nominee in 2024 for governor. Um, the former um, state superintendent of public instruction, um, who was also my boss, uh, back at, uh, she was a superintendent when I was at um, Yorktown Schools. Um, Jennifer McCormick is already saying okay. um, that she she was a Republican, and she is saying she would like to run for. She hasn't officially announced it, but she's not made any like it's no secret. She's very straightforward. That, yeah, she's going to run for governor as a Democrat in 2024. Who do you think is the strongest? Uh, Dion and I have this conversation a lot, and he says that the. Uh, the Democrats, unfortunately, don't have anyone they can pull off the bench strong enough to even make a good run for governor in 2024. We'll see. But, I mean, I, I, I keep coming up with Ryan Mears, I, I, you know, right now, and that's just that has statewide appeal. And, and I think he does have statewide appeal because of the headlines that he's made. But I don't know that he has aspirations to be governor. And I cannot think of it. Can you think of any others that, that haven't thrown their hats to? 
Well, well, go ahead. Go well, ahead. Well, I think I do think Jennifer McCormick would be an interesting uh, pick because she is a former Republican. She is a former teacher and former school superintendent. Um, and so those are two coalitions. And she's a woman. Um, mm-hmm. Two coalitions of three coalitions of people um, that she, if she could energize them, which I mean, you got to think of all the teachers and all the people in education in this state alone who have been asking and begging, um, hey, Indiana's at the bottom for education. We're at the bottom for mm-hmm. education funding. We need this. We need that. If you get somebody um, who can actually relate to them, I see her um, as being a uh, very viable uh, person, also being a former Republican. So she has name recognition. She's been elected to statewide office um, by Republicans. So people know her. That's a, that's a very good point, Cameron, and absolutely excellent point. Yeah. And having been on the other side, she knows how to take the other side. Uh, you know, she knows where the weaknesses lie. So, yep, yep good good enough. Let's go to the phones. Uh, 317-239-1009. 239 That's the number to get on the air this morning. Tina, we also got to talk in a second. There's already a candidate announcing right, home right, run for right, mayor of Indianapolis, yeah. Robin Shackleford. Yeah. Wanted to talk to you about that, too. Yeah. yeah. We will circle back to that in just a second. We got some calls we've been waiting for a little bit. Let's go to the phones. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning, Tina and Cameron. Thanks for my call. And appreciate it. I'll be very brief. I know you're rolling. Uh, Tina, what did I tell Dion a couple weeks ago? I don't believe in the middle. There's no such thing as the middle. That Georgia uh, uh, exit polls actually was, was even more disturbing, which tells you about Indiana, Texas, uh, I'll give you some Florida stuff I found out from talking to my children down there. But she got, Stacey Abrams got 23% of white men, 27% of white women. I told Dion what James Baldwin said. I told Dion what James Baldwin said. He keep thinking this middle. She got 55% of Latino uh, men, and she got 55% of Latino women. I think that's probably as best as you're going to get. Okay, but 23 and 27, 23 and 27, I keep telling him, until Caucasian people realize they're being handed what LBJ said, a fingers in their eyes, while someone is stealing the pocket out their the wallet out their back pocket, this is going to be a continual problem. You see it in Texas, you see it here, you see it in Ohio. Let's go up north, Cameron, to our area, Portage, uh, Laporte County, and stuff like that. You have blue people, steel counties, up there except for Lake that some of those officers or some of those important officers in Porter County, stuff like that, transferred to the GOP. It, does, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. It, it completely blows my mind. That's northern counties, people, if you all don't know about this state, me and Cameron from up the northern way. And take away Lake County. Porter County was Democrat for a while. All of a sudden, they jumped on the Trump train for some sort of reason. It, 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 it defies logic. <laughs> but there's no logic there to have. It's continually the racism and the racial aspect of MAGA thinking, and I know Dion wants to think that the middle, it has not changed. It will not change until you can get the numbers ahead of those people, and that's what we got to continue to try to fight to get the numbers. I'm proud of young people. Exit polls show they came out and voted, so let's stop beating up on young people because the numbers are good for them. Uh, other than that, we'll just keep fighting this frame and realize that it's a numbers game, and until we can get these numbers ahead of completely 23 and 27%, why would, answer this question when I get off, why do you think white men, what turned white men off and white women off about Stacey Abrams? I'll listen to you off the air. Thank you. All right, thanks, Motep. Good questions. Um, when you look at, uh, you mentioned the state of Indiana, um, in Northwest, you got two Democrat um, Congress people, Andre Carson and Frank Mervan up in northwest Indiana, which is Gary, Michigan City, Hammond, Lake County, uh, portions of Lake, uh, portions of LaPorte County and all mm-hmm. of Porter County. And that's simply because gerrymandering, the way they have done these maps, um, even in Indianapolis, um, Andre Carson previously was the congressman for everybody in Marion County, but they redrew the map and sliced the third of Indianapolis off and gave that to um, who is now the representative there is Greg Pence from uh, House District 6. So part of this is the way these maps have been drawn 
Uh, well, and, yeah. And, and gerrymandering. <laughs> and, and to be clear, Democrats and Republicans do the same thing. Um, the, yeah. yeah. The, if, you know, this is not a, a one single party thing, but in, in California and in New York, the map is drawn to favor uh, the Democrats. And in Indiana, this is a place where it's drawn uh, to favor the Republicans. Um, w- when he was talking about the exit polls, I just had that up um, in from from Georgia. Uh, let me go back to that. Um, he, he asked, why did people not vote for Stacey Abrams? Well, let me just show you the exit poll numbers. Uh, when it comes to males, 40, um, let's see, 40% of the vote was male. More women voted. But of those votes, 54% of men voted Republican. 44% of males voted Democrat. Uh, the majority of women across the board in Georgia voted Democrat. 53% of all vote women voters in Georgia voted Democrat, leaving 45 to vote Republican. When you break down race, 70% of white voters voted Republican. Only 29% of white Georgia voters voted Democrat. On the flip side, 90% of all black people who can vote in Georgia, 90% voted Democrat, 8% voted Republican. And, you know, there was also talk, oh, we're losing the Latino down in Florida. Yes. But elsewhere, including in Georgia, 58% of Latinos voted Democrat, 39% voted Republican. Um, and so, and also you can't, as Imhotep said, you can't blame um Young people as well, because they voted in huge numbers. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Let's go to the phones again. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Hello. You're live on the air. Who's this? How you doing? This is Deshaun Jorman. How are you doing? I'm Cameron? good. How, How are you? Doing? you? Tina. Good. Hello. How you doing? Um, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I did vote and I am happy with uh, most of the results. Um, uh, our local, um, our local situation with voting, I mean, it went as expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to plug that on Thursday, this coming Thursday, November 17th, another very important vote is going to happen with the Indianapolis public school, school board vote. Um, I am a mother. I have six children. All of them have gone to IPS 56. And what a lot of people don't understand is that the uh, IPS rebuilding stronger plan is planning to close the school down. The school has was built in 1931. Um, a lot of people may understand that this is a very historic, important area. The Martindale side of Martindale Brightwood was established by formerly enslaved black people. Um, eventually it became a town and it was like a northern suburb of Indianapolis and then it was incorporated. Um, what people have to understand is this rebuilding stronger plan is very dismissive. Children have been educated on the Martindale side of Martindale Brightwood starting in the late 1890s. We have been able, children have been able to be educated through the Spanish flu, through the railroads leaving, which was uh, the huge occupation for people that lived in that area. Children were educated through the, um, the construction of I-65, I-70 exchange, which cut Martindale Brightwood almost in half. Children were educated through the crack epidemic of the 90s on the Martindale side of Martindale Brightwood. This Rebuilding Stronger plan for some reason says they can no longer educate children on the Martindale side of Martindale Brightwood anymore. Gentrification is here, but no longer can we can we educate children over there. The plan is to close IPS 56 down. Yesterday, I met with the Alumni Association of IPS 56. I don't know of any charter schools that have an alumni association. We met at a nursing home because one of the oldest members is in a nursing home. These people were 70s in their 80s. I've been out to distribute flyers and information in the community to let people know what the plan is. The plan is to contact the school board members and tell them, do not do this. Um, I have a petition that has the email addresses of the commissioners, and we want to get a message out. Keep both IPS 56 open, keep IPS 51 open. 
There are over 12,000 households in Martindale Brightwood. So let, let me stop you and ask you this. Uh-huh. Uh, what is the plan? Are, are they just going to we, – we've talked about the Rebuilding Together plan on both my show and Tina's show several times. So on that particular building, what's the plan? Just to close it and be done? The plan is to – well, one good thing is they're no longer going to, going to demolish it. The plan is to close it, force everyone at 56 onto school IPS 51. IPS 51 is almost halfway at capacity. If you force 56 over there, we're going to be at capacity. At that point, there will be one IPS free public school in all of Martindale Brightwood. And like I said, there are over 12,000 households. If you have not been to the area, you may not know there are several housing developments going on. Cummins Renew has a housing development going on literally in the backyard of IPS 6. 56. Habitat for Humanity has hundreds of houses over there, building houses right now. Compendium Homes is building. They have built well over 100 houses over there. HE Homes has built well over 100 houses. I'm talking about in the last two years. IPS needs to come to the area, see the growth, understand that these uh, new households can be captivating. IPS 56 is a Montessori school. Montessori education is usually tuition-based. It's usually a private school situation. We also have a special ed program with a phenomenal autism concentration. I don't know if you all have noticed. What, what would be the alternative? Are- and we got to go here in a second, so we do got to go to a commercial okay. break. What, what, I mean... That the building, you, men- the, 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 you mentioned that that building is, uh, and I'm just throwing it all out there, you said that building has is, is been there since 1931. What's the condition of that building? That building that building actually has been very well maintained. Okay. The building 56 had a, uh, a facility survey score of a 61. The building they're moving us to had a facility uh, survey score of, 80, of, of 84. There's a 23-point difference, but there's a 75-year difference in the two buildings. IBS has done a good job of maintaining the building. We're asking that you do whatever necessary renovations are happening and add on an addition. The school right now is over is over 75% capacity. The, the, the principal there has done her job. She is close to full capacity. Give her, renovate that building just like the downtown library is. You go in, it's older, it's beautiful, you have the history there, and then you go into the modern, the modern part. At give us an addition, renovate that building, allow us to have 500 students. What I'm saying is the growth is there. This is not a situation where we're in a desert. Also, IPS 43 was in a situation where they were going to close their doors and force them onto another school. As of last month, um, IPS decided to give this school something called a 2027 transition period to enhance their stability. We are asking that you give IPS 56 that. We're asking that you give IPS 51 that. There is so much growth. It's almost like you're taking a fishing pole out of a a pond that was just fully packed with fish. It doesn't make sense. They want to talk about the numbers. The numbers doesn't make sense. This 61 building score, when they think it's going to hurt, it actually shows that you've done a good job. A, A building that is 100 years old should have a 10 or a 2. Well, okay. we got to stop you right there because the music is playing. we got to go to a commercial break. So I want to thank you for letting everybody know what is going on because, as you said, uh, this is an important uh, discussion and vote that's happening with the IPS school board this week. Can I plug my petition right quick? You already did. we got to go. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. More of Open Lines is coming up. Tina Cosby is sticking around. We're talking about the results of the 2022 election. More show coming up in just about five minutes. Brandon, let's do one big commercial break. We're back after this. here on this uh, Sunday morning after Election Day 2022. I am back live with Tina Cosby, who is on the show with us uh, this morning. Tina? Good morning. Hey, last weekend you were on the show, your uh, niece, you were on your way to church to see your niece uh, perform. Mm -hmm. How did that go? Mm -hmm. 
it went great. I was so proud. Excuse <clears throat> me, I have to tell you, when I first walked in the doors, I almost started crying because I, I was just so proud of her. I mean, she was on that keyboard holding her. She was doing her thing. So anyway, you don't want to get me going on that. But I was. It was. It was so nice. Very uplifting. Wonderful service. And uh, she did well. She did very well. Good, good. I, I was just thinking about that. Thank which, you. Which also, no surprise from things that we talked about from last week. Uh, no. Uh, did we discuss the, well, no, because we didn't get the, the um, we didn't get the, the press release or the alert. But um, Robin Shackelford. Mm-hmm. Which, now, yes, I did not get that press release either, but go on. Well, I got it. I got it that she was going to make an announcement the, the next day, a major announcement the next day. I believe it was on Wednesday because uh, James and I talked about it. And James is on sometimes on Wednesdays. And, um, yeah, we, you know, that, but that speculation has been in the air for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some other African-American candidates who, um, had been discussing throwing their hats into the rings, but I my understanding was I'm not going to name the people, but I will say that my understanding was that these people were going to wait until they heard from the mayor as to whether or not he was going to run because if the mayor was going to run, they were not going to run, um, and so that's why they are holding back because we probably could have maybe more well you know, candidates. And the mayor now saying it's 50-50, whether or not he's going to throw his hat into the ring, uh, that, that probably is holding up a lot of uh, a lot of potential candidates. Well, th- there's been talk that does the mayor have aspirations to be governor? Um, does he want to be Governor Joe Hogsett or um, some other statewide office um, has been the talk for a while? Um, and I don't know what names you've heard, but I'll say what names I've heard because no one told me not to, but um, Vop Osley... <laughs> Um, has been um, one of those names thrown out there as a potential candidate for Indianapolis mayor as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Bob is a potential candidate. I'm just saying that the potential candidates that I have um, that I that I know of have, you know, said that their answer, affirmative or negative, would depend on what Hawk said. Does. Right, right. And that's out of concern for the Democratic Party which they feel um, has just come through a rough patch mm-hmm. uh, in the primaries and didn't want to, you know, didn't want to add to that. But all of that aside, um, you know, and nobody can predict what will or will not happen, as we have so very well seen. Uh, congratulations to her on her candidacy. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited because this, this is what politics is all about, and it's going to be an exciting race, whoever runs. The, the, she would be the first black woman mayor of Indianapolis. <laughs> She absolutely would. She absolutely would. Uh, and as far as Hogsett running for governor, I've not. Have you heard that a lot? I haven't heard a lot of chatter about that. Lately. I've heard. I've heard mention of it. You know, especially when, um, I mean, during the pandemic. Pandemic. Everybody is thinking of their political future, of course. But that's um, true. That's true. But during true. the pandemic, you know, it was <laughs> so much of. Uh, what was happening, you know, Indianapolis is the big city. So people were looking to Indianapolis. Okay, what are they going to do? Well, Joe Hogsett's calling the shots. So um, that that's, yeah. that is one of those ways that maybe somebody in um, Kokomo doesn't really know Joe Hogsett. But during those press conferences in, in that time, you're hearing about the decisions the big city is making mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. But people know Joe Hogsett because, again, he was the last Democrat um Secretary of State that we had. He's he's held national office before. It's it's just been a while. So there's a new he, he match. Was, of yeah, people. and he was uh, he was really part of that um, that yuppie, so to speak, uh, administration of Evan Bayh. Um and so he started gaining name equity in the state back in the day uh, with, with that. So he 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 does have statewide name equity. I would I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. I guess my <laughs> point is sometimes people only remember the last thing that you do. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's but that name is not hard to remember. No, no, it is not. No, not hard to remember at all. So. Let's go back to the phones. 317-239-1009. That's our new number here on the show to get on open lines. 317-239-1009. Let's go to the caller. Uh let's do three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey Cameron, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, Paul. How are you, sir? I am well. Hey, Miss Cosby, how are you today? And how greetings you doing? to everybody you that's listening. Uh, Cameron, I'm going to be really brief, and I and I would like to just say what I need to say. And, right. and, and Anyway, I wanted you to know that if this was a just system, 
I will be participating. I will be voting. Uh, Malcolm X said he was an advocate for voting, but he also said that this government is responsible for oppressing our people. Prior to that, prior to that, our people were beaten and killed in order uh, for these folks to pass their religion and Christianity. And so I'm, I'm more about freeing the whole entire country from this system so that we won't have these conversations and that we can live a better life. We're not going to get there until this, this government is shut down and we restart and run our own country. So that's my comment for today. And I'm just saying that if you uh, Paul, uh, uh, only thing before you go and I, I, let okay. you, I let you say what you had to say, but I just okay. got to say you, you, you talk about how, you know, our people were, were killed and, and beaten so people can do X, Y and Z. But our people were killed and beaten just for the right to vote. Yes, I know. So I, I don't understand your logic, how on one hand that I, 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 I don't understand. Well, all I'm saying, Cameron, is that we, 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 our jump off point, our jump off point, and, and I understand what you're saying about the people that died and for, for, to vote and all these types of things, but that's what I'm saying, Cameron. We shouldn't have to die to do anything. We shouldn't have to go through all these changes to do anything. This country belongs to us, and we need to get that information and study our history so that we know what we're talking about. All I'm saying is, is that this system does not work. And this system is against us, and we need to redirect uh, our energies and our focus and get rid of this system so that we can come up with a system that works for everybody. All right. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. Y'all have a great day. Tina, I just want to point out, you know, when he talks about, again, not voting, we, we, we don't need to go into this because uh, – mm-hmm. but I just want to point out, we had this conversation last week, and I'm, I'm looking at the numbers right now from, from the Georgia race, which has to go to a runoff because it's just way too tight. 1.9 million people have voted for Raphael Warnock. Another 1.9 million people have voted for Herschel Walker. That is a statistical tie at 49.4% and 48 So what is the difference between those two? 35,000 votes right now is the difference. 99% of the votes have been counted. 35,000 people uh, are are making the difference in this race. And it's even closer if you go to, like, um, uh, Nevada. Uh, Let me click the Nevada governor's race uh, because that one was insanely close all the way uh, through last night. I should say the Nevada Senate race. It's still, it's still not called yet, is it? Yes, it is called. It is called uh, the... Uh, oh, Nevada governor. I'm thinking of Arizona. Yes, uh, the Nevada governor has been called uh, for Joe Lombardo. He was the uh, Clark County Sheriff there for Las Vegas. He got a lot of name recognition during the um, the, mm-hmm. the mass shooting because when, you're on the new, when he was on statewide TV... Because he was kind of running that show. Um, but when you take a look at the Senate race from Nevada, which has now been called for the incumbent Democrat, she barely held on 48.8% to 48.1%. The difference between them two, 6,000 votes. 6,000 votes. 6,000 people made the difference for one candidate or another. I know in the presidential election, people get caught up and they get discouraged because, you know, um, this this uh, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. The popular vote doesn't get, isn't the big focus of the presidential election because we have the electoral system. But that only applies to the presidential race. Every race from senator to governor to mayor to your school board member, every single vote counts. And when you decide you're just going to sit back there's I, Adam Laxalt is the Republican in, in uh, Nevada, and he is wishing right now that 8,000 people did not go vote. All he wants is, is 8,000 people to not have gone vote. They don't even have to vote for him. They just didn't have to go vote, and he would be the senator. Every vote counts, and I'll die on that hill. Well, here's the question. Why can't you walk and in, in, in chew gum at the same time? Why can't you stay involved in the process while you're building a new one? I don't know. I don't know. See what I'm saying? I don't understand what, what, yeah, why, why you, okay, so what? It's not working. You work within it, you know, keep working it and then work, you know, work to, to replace it. I, I, I think that that, I don't, I don't think there's any panacea out there in terms of another system to replace it that's going to be fair to everybody. It's just not human nature, but uh, it, you know, I, I get it. I, I get the point. I just don't understand why you have to, <clears throat> like you say, abstain 
uh, when things are razor thin. So, but. Let's you go can back. do both. You can do both. You can do both. You can do both. You got to vote, though. You got to vote. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Say shout out and good morning to Janet Lawrence listening to the radio show uh, here this morning. 317-239-1009. Let's go to line one. Caller, good morning. Who's this? Uh, how you doing, Cameron? Good morning, Tina. Larry. You know, I think that a good thing to come out of this is that we're going to have divided government and I have to check on uh, the two other branches. So, you know, it, 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 it really surprises me, but not really, that how people can vote against their own interests. Now, when the prices go up, when the regentrification keeps going on, they only do that because we buy into it. We buy into the referendum. We buy into the metro and everything that's going on with that. That increases your property taxes, people. And now they're going to freeze you out of your houses. That area that that lady's talking about in Brightwood, they don't want colored people there. They're not going to have them there. Look over there. I used to live at uh, uh, 25th and uh, College right there on Sutherland for 30 years. When I moved in there in 77, I knew that there was a chance of regentrification, so I got prepared to move. People need to get ready to move, cut their best deal on their real estate, and go on and move. If you look over there on Angie J. Brown, all those churches that were built during the church building boom, some of those people mortgaged their homes to, to, to support the building funds that built those churches, Cameron. Now they're going to be torn down and made way for uh, condos and row houses. So. I tell you, if well, we don't, Larry, hey, we, we're, we're, we, sh- we're short on time, Larry. But I do. Okay, one say- thing, one more thing. If we don't uh, come to our senses about our economics and the way America works, then we can just forget about it. Nobody's going to give you a handout, and that seems like all we support is five hundred one c threes and handouts. We need to get up and go to work, Gamma. Well, Larry, as, as somebody, somebody mentioned you this week when I was talking to him, and you know they listened to the show last week, and. Um, the, you're always a, a, a topic of discussion with people, but if there's one thing I can't say about Larry Vaughn, Larry Vaughn votes. Morales is ugly. Hey, well, he he's. Uh, I don't see how he won. He's so damn ugly. <laughs> well, didn't you vote for him? I inadvertently voted for uh-huh. him, but I didn't know how ugly he was. Well, I think that's Stacey Abrams' problem too. Uh, now, now see, probably stinks too. Now, see, all right, thank you. you. I'm see, sorry, camera. I feel you. Like. You know when you go across the line. I you know. know. I run out by. Bye. We, we we shouldn't be talking about people's looks, whether they're Democrat or Republican. But he won because you voted for him. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. You voted for him. Three one seven three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Like I always say, you can say what you want about Larry, but Larry does vote. So, uh, caller online too. Good morning. We got five minutes left in the show, so I'm gonna try to keep everybody a little bit shorter. Caller, good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Larry Smith. <laughs> the, uh, another Larry. Another Larry. Not that Larry. Uh, good morning, Tina. Good morning, uh, Cameron. Uh, morning. You know, I, I'm a, a columnist for the uh, Indianapolis Recorder, among other uh, duties in the community. Uh, and, you know, locally here, I was uh, pleased to see that Ryan Mears won. Um, you cannot incarcerate your way out of uh, crime. Uh, it is at base a couple of issues, poverty, uh, and then uh, also um uh, trauma that African Americans are dealing with. We need to strengthen families, provide wraparound services, etc. Uh, there's no community that anyone can name uh, ever that had uh, deep poverty uh, that was uh, uh, that reduces crime by simply uh, adding more police officers. That's one. Nationally, um, y- you know, there was no red wave, largely because. Uh, it was a binary choice. I don't think that a lot of people were very enthusiastic about voting for the Democratic Party. However, uh, you know, the Republican Party in uh, uh, mass has just, you know, lost its mind, basically, and allowed extremists uh, to take over. However, uh, Democrats, and I've written about this several times in my column, we need to take uh, more, uh, we need to have more attention on black men and our needs, uh, spending more money with black media, spending more money 
uh, with black political strategists or uh, in the long term, Democrats are in trouble vis-a-vis African-American vote and also the Latino vote. Um, If they continue to take us for granted, uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, will sit out. I don't I don't advocate that. But that is uh, the reality. Uh, The Republican Party has uh, some serious challenges, but so does the Democratic Party. And as African-Americans, we need to understand that. Well, Larry, 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 what I'm hearing from you is uh, you're telling the Democratic Party to stop listening to people who don't know what they're talking about. They should probably uh, be reading your column or if they listen to my show or if they listen to Tina's show, they might know what people are actually talking about. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no no question about it, Uh, because, you know, in in the long term, uh, the Democratic Party is in trouble unless it really begins to take African-Americans seriously, not take us for granted, understand what our needs are, and in particular, uh, African-American men. Tony, uh, Larry, when is your uh, next column in the recorder? It is every Thursday. Uh, I write a weekly column. All right. We'll be sure to check that out and pick that up. We always love the re- recorder. And, of course, uh, Bob Shegal, the uh, guy in charge over there. Yes. Uh, we, we appreciate you calling in and listening. Thanks so much, Larry. Thank Thanks, you. Larry. All right. Uh, mm, Tina, let's see. We've got uh, – well, I'm going to take one caller. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one last call, and we'll do it in 30 seconds because we got to wrap up here in the next three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Reggie Bentley of Indianapolis. Reggie, you got about 40 seconds because I'm tight on time. Go for it. Next year is a very historical year in African-American and United States history of our young country. It is the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington in 1963 and the continuing results up to today of the civil rights movement of the 1960s. I'm a 69 graduate of Shortridge High School. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. That's what I like. Keep that inside hey. of the time. Uh, Internal clock right there. He yes, had it. he hit it. Uh, Tina, we've got uh, a minute and a minute and 15 or so left of this show. What's coming up on your show this week? Ooh, on my show this week, we are going to have, well, part of the week I'm going to be gone. Yep. I'm off, Actually, I'm on vacation right now. Uh, but, Which, um, thank you for calling in. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to be back until Wednesday. Uh, but on Wednesday, well, later on the week, we're going to we're going to be talking about the United U, U, United Negro College Fund Mask Ball. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking to the Better Business Bureau. Um, we're going to be talking about um, impact uh, for life. Um, although we already, I think we had, yeah, 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 impact for life. We had Intent Indiana, now we're going to have Impact for Life. Um, and just a, just a bunch of things. It's going to be a very short week on Community Connection. Um, and then Friday, of course, open lines and we can review. But uh, we're, we're going to get to some other things. Um, I've got a few calls out to uh, do a little bit more election wrap. I think one of my favorites, Miss Cordelia uh, lewis Burks, may be coming back on as well because she's always got something to say. Miss mm-hmm. <laughs> Cordelia. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, I'll get it all back together when I get back on Wednesday. But right now, I'm just going to enjoy a few days away. Yes, yes. Got to <laughs> let the dust settle from this election and this week. But I am curious. I'd like to talk with uh, Robin Shackelford about uh, her decision already very quickly to announce her run for Indianapolis mayor for next oh, year, yeah, 2023. That's, that's already on my radar. Yeah, I haven't placed the call yet, but she's going to get one. So okay. she's well, going to get one. Well, I'm, I may call her. We'll see. We'll see. We'll get her on your show or my show one way or the other. But mm-hmm. definitely well, looking forward to talking to her. Yeah, if you get her first, whichever one of us gets her first, we'll refer to the other. Because, I, like I said, I, I'm not going to be in and I'm not going to be working for the next few days. But I uh, do want to get her going. Yes, well, absolutely. Well, you enjoy your time off. Much deserved, well earned. And I thank you again for calling in on your vacation to the thank show. Thank you, Cameron. You have a good week. All right. You as well. Thanks, thanks for inviting me. That's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. We are back same time, same stations next Sunday at 8. Coming up on Hot 100.9, Brandon is about to walk into the studio uh, to give you the music to get your Sunday started this morning. And then down the hall on 106.7, here comes Reverend Al with the Hour of Power. Both shows start in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.